0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you were on the other live stream, you know that we are coming back with some heat information right here. This is the PHF announcement show, talking about everything that came down today. And we have Holly Morrison on with us right now. Later joining us will be Carly Jackson the Buffalo Buttes for the players' side. The thoughts there. Uh, this live stream right here proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Uh, I'm pointing to the wrong side. It's on that side Oh, Josh is. Uh, shout out to box and rock for obviously supplying us with the cost of beer and great times uh but now sitting down with holly holly for everyone who doesn't know who you are break it down for us what do you do who do you cover and let's roll
1: for sure um yeah i am a reporter writer blogger uh, for the ice garden uh, which is the sb nation uh site dedicated to covering women's hockey um and i primarily cover the toronto six um but just the phf as a whole and then just in addition to that um i'm a student i study sport management uh so this kind of stuff is actually right up my alley
2: where do you study sport management because i'm in the exact same program
1: oh cool uh brock
2: oh i'm at humber i was gonna go to brock but okay all right so we're just (laughs) natural enemies that's cool (laughs)
1: <laughs> we
2: classmates but i guess we're just destined to hate each other <laughs> guess, guess, guess so guess so <laughs> <laughs> listen
0: for this podcast for the sake of this guys can you just get along okay yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do our best <laughs> we're all talking about the phf here we can get along for five minutes let's do it um so obviously huge announcements coming down uh we were talking just before we came on uh you were up early waiting for this to come through um walk us through the emotions obviously this is huge um, you know, it sets the league up into a better place. It gives them more exposure. It also takes care of the players, gives them all kinds of different things they've been asking for. So for you, walking, walk us through this. How does it feel to know that, hey, now this is more of a viable option for women to be able to play hockey, but also make a wage doing so?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, like you said, um, I'm up early this morning. Um, basically, what had happened was the night before um, all of us were basically on the media list uh, for the PHF. Got this email that basically just said, hey, huge announcement tomorrow. Um, And I guess people who have covered women's hockey for a while, huge announcements don't always tend to be work out great for us. The last time there was a huge announcement about the future of the sport, the Canadian Women's Hockey League disappeared. Um, So, you know, there was definitely some apprehension this morning. I'm up getting my coffee, making my breakfast, Um, you know, come back to my laptop. Uh, refreshing my inbox, looking for that press release, um, and just sort of reading through it, just um, realizing sort of how big it was, just as I read through it, obviously, you know, you're reading, you're saying investment in women's hockey, and then you look at the numbers, the fact that it is a $25 million commitment over three years, and then you look at the fact that the salary cap is going up 150% from this year, this year, it's $350,000. Um, next year, it's going to be $700,000. So, you know, for each team that breaks down to a little over $32,000, you know, if they were going to split that evenly um, with a 23-player roster. Um, so it was really just a pleasant surprise, I'd say. Um, we, I don't think any of us were expecting it to be this big. We were expecting it to be, you know, something financial. We were expecting good news. We'd been told to expect good news. You know, they sort of tried to reassure us as the night went on last night, um, you know, this sky's not falling or anything. Um, but yeah, yeah it, was it was always just,
0: a fear, especially in COVID times. Right. I mean, yeah. things can change on a dime with a league. So, you know, looking for positivity in these kind of times, it's, it's hard to, to get amped up for something positive. Yeah. I can hear you. Absolutely.
1: There. Um, and you know, just like, I guess like, it's kind of like that, you know, if your boss puts a meeting in your calendar that just says talking about the future, <laughs> you're not necessarily going to go, this is going to be a great conversation. you know. will so be fun. For that, <laughs> Um, but yeah, just going through that press release, going, seeing the video, seeing that, you know, what they're targeting here is a wage that is livable. Um, it's just, it was just like fantastic news in the morning.
2: So I um, I really got involved, not involved, but um, interested and invested. That's the what I was looking for uh, with the PHF, formerly the NWHL, when the Toronto Six came in, because uh, yep. it was a local team. I was like, you know what, now this is Uh, easily accessible for me to go and watch a game, get involved with the team. I know they're pretty open with, or at the time they were announced, you were going to be able to interact with the players more. Um, But then we get back to, like the COVID times obviously interrupted that. People who don't have the knowledge of the history of the league, obviously didn't realize that when it was announced that a big announcement was coming that this could be bad news just based on the whole CWHL thing. So I understand the fear there. My question for you was straight away, were you thinking good news or bad news?
1: I think um, definitely, um, I guess just to sort of share my own background with getting into women's hockey, I got into the CWHL first. Cause you know, like you said, I'm yeah. Canadian go to Brock. It's a lot. It was a lot easier for me to go to a Toronto Fury's game than an NWHL, you know, at the time game. Um, so it was my first year. Um, I was sort of realizing that I wanted to be involved in sports, um, in like working in sports. And, you know, I was super into the CWHL. I was like, you know, maybe one day I'll get to work for the CWHL. And then I wake up like one morning in the winter, and it's just poof, it's gone. So that sort of, you know, primed me to sort of expect bad news first thing in the morning and i think Um, that's
2: what people were expecting today sorry to cut you off but that's because it kind of came out of the same way like the cwhl they it seemed like they were rolling it seemed like they were Mm -hmm. going to uh take a step forward as a league and then all of a sudden it's just like oh we we folded we're gone
1: yeah and 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 like
2: i think that's what people were expecting here
1: definitely especially you know just people who've been through that before um you know i can see definitely how people who don't have that background definitely would have been like, Oh, well, you know, news, news is usually good news. Um, But you know, you just you never know. So it was nice to be pleasantly surprised here.
2: For sure. For sure. And then we look at um, what so what does this mean for? And I'm sure this is on our our to do list. I'll just get to it right away. What does this mean for expansion? Because I know that's I don't know if they confirmed it or if it was if, if it's a rumor or a plan. Um, but I know they definitely want to expand into Montreal and they want to add another team to the States. I don't think we have a confirmed, um, state or a city right now. I I'm thinking Pittsburgh or somewhere around Salt Lake city. Um, I I don't know why, but when I think of, uh, the PHF and women's hockey at Salt Lake city is the first thing that goes into my head. Um, what's the, what's the news on that? Do we have an update there?
1: Totally. Um, So it is confirmed. uh, They did confirm that next season, the target, uh, the stated goal, their plan, um, you know, if everything goes right, is that next season, uh, you know, the 2022-23 season, there will be eight teams. You know, there are currently six. uh, And one of those new teams is going to be in Montreal. They've confirmed that. Uh, That was in the press release that we all got. Um, And the... Second expansion team, uh, their plan is to have it somewhere in the States. Uh, They haven't said where yet. Uh, The feeling sort of that I get um, is that it's either going to be, you know, one of those teams that uh, people have been asking for, for a long time. So we've got, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, maybe even DC, uh, Salt Lake City, definitely a possibility. Um, There's also some thinking that because the Minnesota Whitecaps are, you know, so far away from the rest of the league, um, just in terms of geography, uh, that they're gonna be looking for sort of a travel partner for them. So some mm-hmm. people were saying, you know, a Detroit, maybe Madison. Um, personally, I would love to see the PHF expand into Calgary. That was a great market when the CWHL was there. Yes. Um, it's a it's a bit of a pipe dream right now, a little bit of a fever dream. Um just because, you know, that's a hard ish place to get to for a lot of especially the teams, you know, in the New England area. Um, you know, and travel is still
2: yeah, travel's a expensive, big expense. So, yeah. yeah yeah so um obviously we've and sorry to take all the questions here james i'm just i'm i'm really it's whole, okay guys. you go right ahead, ahead and hog the last episode you can hog this one yeah um we've had i don't know if you were covering women's hockey when this happened but i remember seeing it unfold live because i was actually on break in between classes when i for some reason was studying robotics at sheridan <laughs> um the uh, at the time, the NWHL had done this uh, when they were still called the NWHL. They announced an expansion, and I can't remember what event it was after, but the CWHL yeah. had just done something. And all they did was tweet out a picture of a map, and it had colored in, I believe it was Toronto and Montreal. And people were like, oh, there's expansion. Oh, they're taking the limelight, limelight away from the CWHL. Is this kind of the same vibe, or does this seem more legit, especially with the investment it, of this $25 yeah. million?
1: So it's definitely like a bit of a different situation. So that happened, yeah. I was in women's hockey. That was um, that happened after the CWHL had folded. Okay. I believe it was like the same day or the day after where they sort of tweeted that image. And I think the commissioner at the time um, had announced plans. Um, you know, she said that we want to take over the Montreal and Toronto markets. We want to put teams in Montreal and Toronto. We want to give the players who are there, you know, a place to play. Um, And then that sort of got put on the back burner because so many former CWHL players, um, you know, came together and formed the PWHPA. Uh, So that got put on hold. The Toronto expansion obviously has now happened. Um, And then the Montreal expansion next year, if everything goes according to plan. Uh, So I think it wasn't like they weren't like being deceitful and they weren't trying to steal any limelight, at least from my perspective. Uh, just a lot of stuff happened in women's hockey and, you know, the world uh-huh. um, where things they're they, they were just the next items on the to do list, basically. So yeah. they're getting to them now.
2: OK, for sure. For sure. All right, James, go ahead, buddy. Take the show back. <laughs> it's, all <laughs> right, it's, it's all right. buddy. hey, you're a
0: co-host for a reason, right? Yeah, um, I guess so. so. We look at the announcement, we break it down piece by piece, minutia by minutia. Um, it's good for the players, it's good for the teams. It's good for more uh, players coming into the league, too, as well, because now you have two more teams. More players can be in filtered through. <laughs> Um, I want to ask you both. Obviously, we love expansion drafts. We love these kind of things. Um, for you guys, when you look at this and say, "Okay, two new teams coming in," it's not going to dilute the product. There's so many players that are still out there. They're not in this league. The question I've been trying to ask everyone today, and Holly, I think I asked you, may have asked you or Ann. Uh, shout out to Ann Tarkarski, by the way. She's the one who hooked me up uh, talking. Love to you. Anne. Anne is awesome. She couldn't come on tonight, but, you know, she did give me the next best people. And not to say that you're the next best, but it's absolutely no, awesome. No, it's true. So and uh, always my go-to when I have questions. So, um, But you look at this and you say, okay, there is a bridge that needs to be gapped here, right? There's a bridge that needs to be built, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you need to get all of the other players on board that are not involved in the PHF right now. Does this announcement further that road and help build that bridge to bring them over? And get them into this, you know, relationship because I think it was the ECHL game. You saw all the players there, um, you know, both brands represented and it was great. But you're still thinking in your head, okay, great announcement today, not taking any shine away from that. But when do we get the announcement that everybody is coming to play and this is the league we're going to do it under? Because right now the other league and we'll call it that because right now we're focusing on the PHF. We'll call it the other league, the evil telecom, whatever you want to do. Um, they're doing their thing and they have some big names behind them, but if they brought all of those resources and everybody brought it together, it could be something so much bigger. And I think we need to get to that place. Does today's announcement help move it in that direction or does it keep the divide separate? Because now, both entities have money both entities have sponsors both entities have deals in different places where they can keep themselves viable and rolling
1: i think um i think there is sort of a tendency to overstate um you know the divide between the two sides here uh because you do you look at the players um you know in the pw and the phf um and a lot of them are friends um yep. some of them like went to college together some of them are dating each other you know they're like not they don't hate each other. I'm sh- I'm sure there are people within those organizations who don't get along, you know, just like there is in any organization.
2: Anywhere,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, but I think what the divide is, at least from my perspective, and when I look at the history of, you know, going all the way back to the CWHL, which the PWHA was sort of born out of, um, there was that divide initially because the two sides sort of disagreed on how to do hockey basically you know the nwhl at the time wanted you know they operated on a for-profit model the cwhl operated on a not-for-profit model they were a 401c um so they had just this disagreement about how to do hockey and how to do specifically at the time women's hockey um and i guess that's sort of where that comes from there's also definitely you know history with the early days of the nwhl with players you know leaving, coming back, players, you know, going between the PHF and the PWHPA, Um, you know, that definitely exists and not to say that it doesn't exist. Um, But I'm sure there are a lot of players within the PHF, within the PWHPA, players coming out of college, you know, players who are overseas, who really all they want is a place to play hockey. Um, Mm -hmm. They just want to play. Um, So it is, you know, where, you know, they're thinking, where can I get a roster spot? Where can I get ice time? Um, and for some people, that opportunity right now exists in the PWHPA, for some people that exist in the PHF, for some people that exist overseas. Um, but I definitely do think that today's announcement will draw players you know, into the PHF, maybe players who certainly one thing that I like to look at when looking at the expansion of the PHF is players coming out of college, uh, players coming out of Canadian University, um, players who would probably would have hung up their skates at the end of their college career. Um, Those players now have a chance to make a wage playing professional hockey. Um, And that's an opportunity that they didn't get before. And, you know, some players might decide that, you know, the PHF provides them a better opportunity than the PWHPA. The same thing might happen uh, with like an SDHL player or, you know, a player in the Russian league, um, you know, a player playing over in China. Um, those are all things that are possible, and I think at the end of the day, because the wages in all of the leagues still aren't—you know—they're definitely not NHL level, um, and they're really not the level where you can ask anyone to relocate. I certainly, like, I don't think we're seeing trades anytime soon uh, in this league. Um, I just think that at this point, it is just such a personal decision for every player where they continue their career.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like definitely the battle between the two leagues is, I think it's holding women's hockey back Um, because if they just work together and use both the resources they have, you could form this one ultra league. And you I would think have there's everything- like,
1: I think there's like a tendency to sort of think that, um, I Um like, I think I certainly don't mind like there being two separate leagues in women's hockey. I think it was fine when the CWHL and the NWHL, you know, were hanging out, you know, not yeah. necessarily sharing resources. I think, and you know, we have we have multiple leagues in men's hockey, we have multiple leagues, you know, in other countries. Um, I think it's alright, and the thing about the PWHPA is that it was never really intended to be permanent. Their goal, their stated goal at the beginning was to sort of be sort of an advocacy group, um, you know, raise awareness uh, so yeah. that they can have a league that satisfies their needs, and if the PHF becomes that league, um, you know, I think maybe mission accomplished for some of them.
2: So does this, does this financial investment, this raise in the salary cap, the expansion of, you know, uh, two more teams, which adds what, 60 roster spots and, you know, a couple other roughly and a couple (laughs) other management spots. um, Does that kind of, does the PWH, uh, PWHPA look at so many letters, uh, (laughs) look, look, look at this and say, okay, like we're kind of heading in the right direction here. Maybe we can start looking at working together or are they still not, aligned with the the goals that they had in mind?
1: You know, I'm not like totally sure on that one. Um, I think, you know, like I said, it at the end of the day, it does come down to what individual players want to do, where they want to sign, where they think that they're going to get the most ice time, what they think, you know, the best opportunity is for them at any given point. Uh, You know, maybe there's like a player who plays in Calgary um, and she doesn't want to move and she has a job in Calgary. The best opportunity for her is going to be to play with the PWHPA hub in Calgary Um, because, you know, you're not asking her to move to New England. You're not asking her to move to Toronto. Um, Just I think just at the point uh, where, you know, women's hockey uh, is, um, it just, you know. like yes, obviously 36 32 ish thousand dollars is a lot of money. It's not a living wage in all of the PHF cities, certainly.
2: No. Um yeah, yeah.
1: so you know, asking people to move, I think still to play, you know, PHF hockey is still it's a it's a bit away. I hope that, you know, we get to the point where we can have trades and uh, cap friendly, but for women's hockey. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh but right now I just think it's personal for each player.
0: Yeah, and I think well, that context this is, this is important.
2: So Sorry, to
0: are coming, you know, you look at the uh, some of the tweets today I've seen, you know, is uh, a lot of people wanting to get into actually the, uh, the cap friendly era for the, uh, the PHF. Obviously, I talked uh, Melissa Burgess talking about actually keeping the stats, you know, correctly for each player throughout the league. So that way you have a reference point for different things as well. Because then you start referencing those things and talking about trades. I mean, I think it was Babstock that went from the, the <laughs> six back over to, I uh, forget the other, I think it was a Connecticut whale. I'm not 100% sure. Uh- the, so, rivers. the rivers there you go so yeah so there, there wasn't a trade per se but they did allow her to go over there so to be more comfortable i guess to be in an area where she lived and different, different things like that yeah. um but i want to be able to see those things happen in a more grandoise stage when the uh, when the draft happened a couple of years ago when they had all the different presenters i mean i was front and center for that one it was absolutely awesome got to talk to a lot of different people that were going in through that that's when carly jackson came in It was awesome to see the presenters and everybody was into it. Everybody was excited. I want that momentum to keep going. And today's announcement allows that to happen Um, for you though. I mean, with everything that is growing, there is always growing pains. There's always problems. There's always issues. One thing that I kept seeing today, and I don't know if this is true because I'm not in, you know, the behind the scenes. I don't get to cover it as much as I would like to Uh, obviously working full time, dad, the whole nine yards. I get to see and ask the questions that, you know, are in the forefront, but I've seen a lot of people talking about, Hey, the teams didn't know the players didn't know, you know, the announcement was basically given to everyone at the same time. Um, now with today's announcement, do you think that might've been, you know, relayed to the teams and different things beforehand? Maybe they want to just capture the entire excitement of everyone at once and encapsulated, Hey, the teams found out, players found out, everybody found out at once. This is amazing for everybody to open the present all together. Um, do you think that is one gap that is missing? I don't want to – again, we're not taking no shine off it, but this is a league that is growing. So obviously yeah. you need to take the proper steps to grow different things and, and bring things along properly. So would communication be one thing you think the PHF definitely needs to uh, hammer down a little bit more amongst their own ranks? And obviously with, uh, with media folks like yourself because, I mean – The media contingency is only going to grow. The scrutiny and the coverage is only going to grow as well. So you have to do every step properly and you can't misstep when you're growing because everybody will call you on it because of course, everybody is used to calling all of the bigger leagues that have all of these things in place. So they're going to say you misstepped here misstepped there. So when you look at it, what do you think the PHF has to do to grow to those next levels to make it so those things aren't missed and, you know, everybody's in the know and people get the information they're craving because it's going to start and it's going to be a wave of people wanting to know each and every player, each and every team, and what's happening on any given game day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think communication has been something that um, even like since the beginning, communication and transparency have been things that this league has struggled with, you know, in the early days, there were a lot of questions about, you know, where money was coming from and where, you know, and you know there was the event where you know they tried to raise salaries in their second season, and then they were that they were sort of slashed. Uh, obviously, that was a long time ago, but there wasn't a whole lot of communication and transparency about where that money came from, where it went, what was going on. Um, so they want to avoid making a mistake like that again. You know, they want to be more clear and more transparent in their communications. And I think with the players um, and you know the players' association even they really did learn about this at the same time that we did. And I think them learning about it at the same time that we did, in and of itself, isn't the worst thing. But I think the fact that the announcement was announced last night, and then there were players, um, there were players and not just players, but like team employees, um, you know, team employees, like fairly high ranking team employees, who, you know, you would think would know this kind of thing, who had no idea about it, who knew exactly as much as we did. Um, I think you ended up, What ended up happening was there was a lot of people panicking about, you know, their futures. You know, obviously, you know, players might have started to think the worst, like, oh, my gosh, do I have a team still? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you definitely want to have better internal communication, better external communication, uh, more transparency. And I think this time around, there is more transparency uh, than there has been in the past. You know, we know where this money is coming from. Uh, It's coming from the Board of Governors. It is coming from ownership. We know the names of the people who are putting up this money. Um, So that transparency definitely, you know, has improved. But communication on the whole, I think, definitely needs to improve. And not just with things like finances. Um, There was a situation in Toronto. I cover Toronto. We had Michaela Caza for a while uh, on the roster. Fantastic player. Uh, But she went back to her club in China. She plays for KRS. Um, And what hadn't really been communicated to fans, what had sort of been like slightly communicated and like hinted at to me uh, was that Michaela Cabo was alone. She was only allowed to play for the six until January. I think it was 14th or 15th. Uh, But we didn't know that until after she left. Um, So that kind of communication, I think, is important or even like telling us. there have been players who like sat out games and we've all been like, what's going on? Um, and not finding out until maybe a couple months later that they had been injured or something. Um, just like a communication with that kind of thing, I think brings you into sort of, you know, more professional,
2: basically, you know, I thought at the end of the whole, uh, at the end of the whole like bubble, bubble saga, they, they got a new firm to kind of do all their communications for them. Did that, not fall through or um there were
1: i know you know i don't want to like name any names or anything but you know there were definitely like new hires there was restructuring of things yeah um but i also think you know what the phf needs to do they're getting all this money um increasing benefits and salaries for players fantastic amazing Mm -hmm. uh make sure that league employees have the same kind of thing make sure that league employees don't have to work two jobs uh so that they can put their full energy and focus into this um what it boils down to for me is give people the you know tools and resources they need to succeed uh so i think the league definitely needs to give more attention to communication and give that communications team the resources that they need to succeed and you know
2: that's very well said i them? agree with that otherwise it's just going to look like a hotness i guess like- <laughs> a little bit yeah it like yeah. it
1: makes things look shadier than they are so yeah. yeah like it's
2: and it's like why it, it, like why are you hiding this why are you hiding this oh we just forgot to tweet it
1: yeah okay. we just you know yeah or the michaela kava thing it was like i'm sure it wasn't no there was no malice behind that yeah. no. it was just something that never got communicated and it was something that you know i certainly didn't think to ask explicitly is michaela kava alone Uh, Because that was just not something that I had thought about. Uh, In having conversations with her, I knew that the plan was always for her to go back to China. Um, But, you know, never knew when, never knew that it was, you know, alone, never knew that there was a timeline on it. Um, So just like, even just in the press release when she signed, just saying like, and she has to leave on the 15th, Um, you know, just that kind of
2: stuff. I was kind of surprised because I know uh, Samantha Ridgewell just left the six as well. Yeah. And the tweet was just due to contract obligations. I was like, I,
1: Yeah. Kava was due to contract obligations. Uh, from what I have sort of gathered and, you know, could be wrong. Uh, Ridgewell doesn't have, didn't have a standing contract with another team. Uh, Elaine Truly's just been playing so phenomenal and standing on her head uh, that Ridgewell wasn't really getting a whole lot of ice yeah. time. Uh, she, she just, just wasn't was playing like, games. So She yeah. just, you know, she wanted to go somewhere where she could be a starter.
2: Yeah, I was able to interview her once, so I have a little bit of a soft spot for her. I was hoping she did well, but when I saw she was leaving, I was like, "Ah, well."
1: Can't blame him for starting a Julie. She's on. Oh fire. no, hundred percent,
2: hundred percent. Toronto six, first place. Can't go wrong. There.
0: <laughs> well, another question I want to ask you, obviously, in covering the PHF, obviously here, um, I want to ask you about Ty. Um, you know, comes in, does a great job. Uh, things are trending in the right direction, obviously. Um, for you. What do you look at for the leadership there and where things are going and what's next?
1: Yeah, I think Ty has done, you know, a very good job uh, taking the league from what it was to what it is now. There have been, you know, significant changes. The biggest being that they sort of went from a single entity model, you know, where the league owns and controls, you know, owns operates all the teams to sort of a joint venture model where each team has, you know, a private ownership group. So Someone in, there's a group in Toronto that owns the Toronto Six. Um, you know the Boyntons yeah. are involved, that kind of thing. Um, so that I think has been the biggest thing that Ty has done here, um, and obviously looking to expand. Um, so obviously those expansions, the goal there will be private ownership or ownership yeah. groups. Um, so bringing in you know more people, which would obviously then in turn bring in more investment, more money. Um, and I think that joint venture model is super useful because you get individuals sort of competing with each other, basically the way that you know, sport management brain a little bit. But you have rich people competing with each other. Uh, yeah. So you know, the rich person in Boston um, gives their players better equipment than the rich person in Toronto is like, I got to beat the rich person in Boston. <laughs> so you have that kind of competition, that kind of you know differentiation, uh, which I think has been you know one of Ty's. Successes so far, Um, and I think continuing that um, is, you know, pretty much the goal. Um, I assume, you know, expanding, continuing to raise salaries um, is the goal. Uh, They're very much like following the trajectory of like an early men's hockey league. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like the NHL certainly wasn't paying six-figure salaries in the early days. Players, you know, had day jobs up until like the '70s. Um, Players had summer jobs up until later. Uh, So, you know, they're following that trajectory, they're following, you know, that growth, people investing in them, Ty doing a pretty good job, I think, of selling the product, uh, getting it in front of people's eyes, the ESPN deal has been really cool, Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, So, yeah, I think overall, as a commissioner, has been doing pretty well.
2: And I think what people like, people are saying, oh, is it a viable product? You know, is it financially stable? I don't think that's what matters here. Like as fans, mm-hmm. um, it's an entertaining product to watch. Like I've watched, yeah. I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched most of the Toronto six games this year. I've, I've watched a couple of like, you know, the, the Connecticut whale games because my favorite Leafs player of all time is Colt or so i like to see him behind the bench. Um, but just watching, you know, watching the pro it's actually entertaining. Like it's good. It's good hockey. These players know how to play. A lot of these players are going to be representing their teams at the Olympics. So you want to get that background history. Um, and, and, and know who you're watching on the, you know, the grandest stage or, or, or whatever. And it, it's, it's fun. And, and you feel closer to the teams because it's not, I know it's not, I don't want to say it's a small league, but it's a close community of people that watch it. And I know in the bubble, they had those whole Twitch streams and watching on those trips on those twitch streams and just seeing everybody in the chat connecting with each other being like oh you know what an awesome goal or what an awesome opportunity or hey watching from you know finland and then someone's like oh i'm watching from slovakia it's like that was awesome to see and then we had people in the chat just gifting away uh i don't know what they call it on twitch but pretty much like subscriptions so Mm -hmm. that people can donate um emotes or whatever they do on twitch that that was awesome to see and um like i'm I'm happy that uh, they, they got TV deals in the States and, and in Canada. I know they're on TSN and TSN direct, but that was just kind of an awesome moment to see in the bubble. And I actually think that bubble tournament, even though it was under really bad circumstances, because the global pandemic and the way it ended was a little bit disappointing, but, when those games were on that was awesome it almost had like a world junior feels to it or like a a U18 yeah. tournament or something like that because there was games every day all day everybody got what was the Zamboni driver's name like everyone got behind <laughs> was it uh was it Frank the Zamboni driver or something yeah. sort of i
1: can't remember his name but he was da- Aaron yeah. i
2: think yeah something like that everyone it was Aaron yeah everyone got behind him like it was it was great to see and um, I actually think that helped the league more than it it hurt them in the long run, just from the fans point of view, mm-hmm. maybe from investors, like, Oh, you can do a bubble, but from a fan point of view, it, I was like, Oh, I, I really want to see this. And then when they started it back up, I'm like, Oh, I, I want to see the semifinals. I want to see how my team finishes. And then it didn't end well for the Toronto six, but you know, the, the the finals were great. And you know, I, I, I think they've done a really, really good job and just hearing this announcement has been um. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's been uh, it's been great to see as a fan of the league that they're actually making progress, and it wasn't a step back, but a massive like two, three, four steps forward. That 25 million dollars is going to be invested into this product in the next three years, which you and I both know is st- sport management students. That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I think what stands out to me the most here is because certainly there were people on Twitter today um, who were like. How are you going to do to expansion teams in the middle of a pandemic? Who is getting this money in the middle of a pandemic? But, well, they've yeah.
2: already done one. They've already yeah. done one.
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, what we've seen over the pandemic is that every sports league experienced maybe like depreciation. You know, they lost money, uh, lost investors, except for women's sports. Women's sports experienced exponential growth. The WNBA did, um, you know, women's soccer. They all experienced, you know, record viewership record numbers so it has been a time that people have realized that there is money to be made in women's sports there is a return on investment to come from women's sports obviously there are people you know investors saying we're investing because it's the right thing to do we're investing because we believe you know in this product we believe in phf hockey um you know we want to invest in these people um but not just because it is the right thing to do, but also because you know they do believe that there is money to be made um, in this sport. Um, and I think that stands out to me a lot about the 25 million dollars.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I saw like there's always those idiots on Twitter and they have the same profile picture. I'm sure you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yep. they were saying like, oh, how are you gonna you know live off thirty thousand dollars? like well, that's not like that's not really the point here.
0: Yeah. It's no. the fact
2: that people are investing in this league and that now there's more finance finances available to grow the league.
0: And
1: it's yeah, it's so. I think um it's like a starting point, not the finish line. Um yeah, sure.
0: sure.
1: yeah. 32000 dollars you know, you you might be able to live off of, you know, I know some of the six players, uh, you know, they don't live in Toronto. Toronto is crazy expensive. They, you know, live out of Otobaco, they live out of, you is. know, in Scarborough.
2: I live um, in Hamilton.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm certainly you know wasn't going to go to school in Toronto, um, but you know, it's money. It is a significant amount of money, and especially because they now have you know benefits covered. Um, you know, there's more. They have they have more resources, and you know, it's going to continue to grow. I think uh, is the takeaway here.
0: For sure, no, it's awesome well, here. We look forward to the league growing, and looking forward to having you back on. Uh, here, you know, as things keep progressing and as more news breaks, obviously, because there's going to be more stories. And of course, now we have expansion on the horizon and announcement for the second team, second market. uh Can't wait for that. I want to thank you, Holly, for taking the time with us tonight and joining us and breaking everything down. Hope to have you back on soon.
1: For sure. Thank you.
0: That was oh, awesome. Thank you for your time. No problem. All right. So there's Holly Morrison. Uh, okay. So now we're going to keep switching gears here. Now we're going to get to the side with Carly Jackson and talk to her about the players' perspective about the PHF announcement. She's joining us here now on the show.
3: Hey, guys. How's it going?
0: Not too bad. Welcome back.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me. Always happy to be on Offside Hockey Talk. Just happy to be here, guys.
0: (laughs) Absolutely awesome. Well, let's break it down. We won't take too too much of your time. I know you are a busy lady. Um, The big announcement today, PHF uh, announcing, you know, $25 million, you know, guaranteed leave, guaranteed, you know, benefits. How do you feel as a player on the player side of things? Obviously this shakes out as huge news, um, but how did it hit everyone? Obviously you've talked to teammates about it, uh, probably family members, everything for you. So what does this announcement mean to you, Carly?
3: Oh yeah, this is, I mean, this is absolutely huge. Like it's massive, right? I mean, this is what we dreamed of as, as kids. And, you know, I mean, we're just one step closer to this being a full-time gig for us. Um, And this is something I think, you know, we've been pushing for, for a long time. And there's many who have come before me who have have built this league and uh, built the reputation of, of uh, women's ice hockey. So now to finally uh, see some more benefits to that and um, seeing this huge investment, I'm just really excited to see, um, you know, the improvement of, of uh, just individual situations for, for players, you know, not having to have extra jobs or um, part-time or full-time gigs on the side and, really just being able to focus on our hockey careers. And, you know, as a fan, I mean, I'm just really excited to see what the product is, how how the product is going to improve because us as players, I mean, even today we had, we had skills with the Buttes and you could just feel the energy. Like it was, it was fun and it was exciting. And there was just something different in the air because, um, you know, we're just seeing that growth of the game and it's, it's tangible. And it's, we're part of that. and It's right in front of our faces. So um, just feeling that energy and feeling that excitement is just super fun to be a part of. Um, and then I'm just really excited to see how the league is going to grow and how the development of the players is really going to improve now that we can uh, make this a full-time gig.
2: Was it weird having the announcement announced and then the actual announcement this morning without being told what that would be? Um, what was your thought is that as that as a current player in the league?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we kind of saw something on Twitter last night and, you know, we're in the group chat just questioning what it was and nobody was really sure. And um, you know, because of the history of women's ice hockey and um some some of the sudden tragic yep. announcements, yep. I think my first thought was, Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, here we go again. Yeah, I was like, there's no way. There's no way that this is something um negative or or um maybe something like that. I mean
2: but, that's what we thought the first time though, too, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. Right. So there was that bit of anxiety and and I'm just talking to myself, I'm like, no, there's no way. Um, so, you know, I just tried to not think about it too much and just it's not within my control. So, um, you know, try to put that anxiety to the side and just have a little bit of faith. And then I had heard from our GM that it was a good thing. So then once I spoke with him, I mean, I was just excited to hear what it was, um, you know, I, and we were just thrilled waking up this morning. I checked my phone and had all these texts and from the team and we were just we were absolutely buzzing. So it was just it's, I mean, it, this is awesome. I'm just so excited. This is absolutely electric.
2: Now I'm really happy for you guys because like just seeing the I got uh, like I was aware of uh, of. You know, the CWHL, the, the PWHL, the PWHBA, the PHF, all, all that stuff. But I really got into uh, uh, the league kind of when the, the Toronto Six, I'm from Toronto. So that was the team I attached myself to. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> when they came into the league and just kind of followed them through the bubble. So just to see like the, the growth of the league in the last year, year and a half, two years has been really exciting. I'm, re- I'm really happy for you guys. And this was an awesome announcement to hear.
3: Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think this is absolutely huge. I think last year going from having our salary cap doubled last year, you know, mm-hmm. us as players, we weren't really sure when the next right. big jump might be. But to have that in the following season, you know, not even a full 365 days later just, you know, speaks to the, the people involved here that have just worked tirelessly to, to make this happen. And um, obviously, like the, the athletes and the staff and, you know, everyone who's, who's worked throughout not just our league, but like you said, the CWHL, Uh, the pwhpa like we're all really connected here and just to be able to to finally see that come to fruition is is absolutely just a massive deal
0: no it's huge and the other thing i want to ask you too obviously you look at the the other part of this there's expansion on the horizon as well you're going to montreal um going maybe to pittsburgh or maybe like josh said uh, salt lake area um something else is coming for the second team in the states Um, that's got to have everybody excited too, not just because you might be switching teams, because you might get drafted, expansion drafts, et cetera, et cetera, but it does open more spots for more players to play, and it it gives more more structure to the league. More teams means more eyeballs, more fun, more fans. Uh, For you, when you hear expansion, what goes through your mind, Carly, and what do you think about this league growing as it keeps getting bigger and bigger now, obviously uh, allowing more players to play?
3: Yeah, I mean, this opens up, you know, another... Arguably, like fifty roster spots, right? This is, yeah. I think, a massive deal to be able to, you know, we know that there's going to be a team in Montreal, and I think that that's really exciting. And you know, there's just a huge hub there. And in terms of proximity, like I really think Montreal was a, was a great next step. And and us as players, as we had we had heard that that was going to be the next uh, the next area for a team. But um, I'm really thrilled to see what the other expansion is going to be as well. Um, but I think this is absolutely massive. I mean that's 50 more spots for, for graduating players um, from the NCAA and the CIS and uh, maybe some other players who haven't considered the PHF before, um, you know, outside of the Olympics and things like that. So I think this is just only going to make the league um, not much better and um, just more exciting to be a part of like, kind of like you said, having eight teams. Now it really rounds out that number and um, creates more eyeballs to be able to see, to see the product of our league. And um, I think this is really just going to help us expand and um, see, get more fans into our game and, get more players out here and just to really see how much the product can improve um, from a player standpoint and from a skill standpoint
0: what's the other things that you want to see obviously the phf is growing so there's lots of different growing pains and things that they are going through to take themselves to the next level what is one thing that carly jackson's looking at for the phf and saying this is what we need to do uh, to grow eyeballs or to do something to grow this game a little bit further along and, and that you want to see come of this because Obviously, with expansion and announcements, there's going to be more and more going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is one thing that you're looking forward to seeing or you want to see in rather short order?
3: Mm -hmm. I think something that the league has done very well so far um, and that I think will continue to not only improve, but uh, to reach more people and to to really grasp a great audience is is being engaged with fans. Um, I think that our league specifically, and I think about the Buttes, is we are so involved with our fan base and um, you know, they really connect with us and they're reaching out to us through social media and, and everything. And I just think that's such a unique experience um, for us as players, but also for the fan base to be able to really connect with us and, and uh, just to make memories and meet new people and, and hear stories from all over the place. Like I'll hear stories from fans from Australia and the UK and, you know, not just North America. And I think that's such yeah. a special thing. And um, obviously expanding into Canada, I think is another huge deal. And, um, a little closer to the East Coast, I think, I think is really exciting. Uh, for someone like myself, being from the East Coast, I I think, uh, you know, <laughs> our neck of the woods is very deserving of, of uh, you know, some elite women's hockey. And um, being able to be a little bit closer to this product is is really exciting. And I think about even my family being able to come to games is, is going to be pretty darn sweet. So, um, you know, I think that this league is something really special. So to be able to expand and just reach more people, for them to see what we're about, um and to be able to experience you know the people that are involved and the players that are involved I think is just really exciting as an athlete and um as a goaltender in this league
2: you mentioned about being close to the league and I think the fans feel that too especially me as a fan of it I feel for some reason like it, it it's a big league and it's a big deal but the community of fans feels very close-knit like it's not a small mm-hmm. it's not a small fan base there are a lot of fans but they feel very close together and I think um I mean, I, I said this earlier, um, a, a lot of that came from the the whole Twitch streams when the bubble happened, mm-hmm. and everybody was able to connect through there. Do you guys feel close to the fans as well? Um, just through all that? Uh, what's that connection with the fans like?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that Twitch deal we had for the past couple of years was a really unique experience. And especially last year being my first year in the league, um, having the the Twitch stream and people chatting online, and you know, I was able to go through after the games and and read some of the comments and people checking in from Amherst, Nova Scotia and all over the Maritimes. And, you know, my family's on there and they're like, Oh, that's, you know, that's my friend Chuck or that's my friend so-and-so. And And I thought that that was a really cool uh, way for fans to connect with each other. Um, And then I would say like, as a player and connecting with fans, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Right. Like I think about being a little kid and, and uh, you know, my dream of being a professional athlete and um, just really getting to live that. And, And we have such loyal and such dedicated fans that, Um, it's just it's so fun to interact with them and it's so fun to hear from them whether that's over something like Twitter or you know if that's at a game and you're able to you know sign an autograph or um, you know give them a stick or something like that I mean it's a really just special experience Um, and really I mean the fans make us feel like pros and that's such a special thing and um, I think something that so many young athletes dream of so being you know a young female athlete I think that that's Pretty special that that's becoming a reality um, for so many more people now.
2: Yeah, like you just talk about the whole fan thing. Um, when the cwhl was still around uh, at the place I work at, a couple of the uh, Markham Thunder players came through and they were. Uh they were just chatting with me and and the guy uh, the guy who was running the session at the time was like you you seem kind of off Are you okay I'm like I'm just, I just I'm able to talk to these players who I've seen play it's just really awesome to hear and a couple of them were going off to I believe it was called the Four Nations Cup at the time mm-hmm. um, yeah. and they were just talking about how, how cool of an experience that was so just to be able to like connect with players like that that's not an opportunity you get to have uh, very often so I think this league does a really really good job of offering that the, uh, the access you get to the players and um not, not even just players like coaches and ownership if you have a question i've i've emailed uh, teams a couple times if i have a question about what they're doing and they 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 get back to me within you know it might be 3 days but they get back and say yeah this is what we're you know this is what we're doing this is what we're thinking or i can find a player on twitter and be like hey you had a great game and they'll message me back and be like yeah thank you so um it's just it's just awesome to see that and i think that is really helping the league
3: yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely fun in terms of a player standpoint, like um, just feeling that support and feeling that love. I mean, it's just it's it's just so fun. <laughs> right. It's one of the biggest joys, I think, of being a pro is is uh, being able to actually interact with the fans and, and chat with them and talk with them and, you know, hear their experiences. And um, yeah, I think it's truly is one of the biggest benefits of this league.
0: The other thing that was cool for a fan engagement point is actually I think the draft that you came in on was the uh, the different presenters they had for that draft. Uh, they had a different one for each team, uh, someone linked to each situation. And it was great because fans got excited because this person was announcing the newest member of that team that night. And it really got everybody involved, really pulled everybody in because it was from everyone from every walk of life. So that really helped it. I think really added a spotlight to the draft. And I really liked that because it was something that was unique to what they were doing. And I'm wondering for you, did do you think that's something they should do more often, you know, basically bring it to, uh, you know, I don't know, the fanfare kind of things like we're talking about? Because when you have all those different people that you you can see from different things like Stephanie McMahon from wrestling, um, you know, you're like, whoa, hold on a minute. I know who that is. And she's presenting for the team. That's amazing. And it brings it all together full circle. You know, just how big in the gravity of how big the uh, the PHF is now, formerly the NWHL.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely a brilliant idea. Um, and being part of, of the first draft that, uh, that or the, how they did it that way with bringing in all these, all these different kinds of people, I thought, you know, what a smart idea, right? Because like for myself, uh, Pat LaFontaine announced my um, draft pick and he is an absolute legend with the Sabres. So um, it really, one, from my own experiences, introduced me to the city of Buffalo and just how cool that was. And then also two, um, in terms of fan experience, you know, we have we have people who are fans of um, all these different speakers and, and, and uh, hosts and announcers of the draft. And, you know, we're able to bring the fans of those people and draw them towards our game. So I really think it was just a brilliant idea to get eyes, eyes on our league and um, get some attachment to players as well and, and get people excited about who has come to their team.
0: So you look at this season here and obviously now the expansion season is coming up um for you what excites you the most obviously going on a run and winning it all that's the biggest excitement but what excites you now obviously we got this new deal in place big announcements coming and there's going to be more because Mm -hmm. this is just the tip of the iceberg because now you have two teams coming in there's going to be more announcements there different things will be happening obviously more ways for fans to engage like we're talking about but what are you looking forward to the most
3: i'm excited for as a player as kind of the expansion of resources for us as, as athletes, Um, you know, like as it currently stands is, is, and as far as I know, as it's always been is players have always had to have, you know, a second, third, fourth, sometimes five jobs on the go, um, whether that's part-time or full-time and, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can to, to make this work. And, you know, now people aren't just, you know, surviving and, and, you know, making this last for a couple of years or maybe a year or three years or so, like, this is becoming a full-time career. And I think that that is so exciting as a player Um, and to be able to make that true investment into the game where we're going to have players coming in and they're going to be full-time hockey players, right? You know, they wake up and their focus is hockey. And I think that that is so exciting um, in terms of levels of competition, but also um, I'm excited for the fans to see the product improve because we're really able to invest in the game and invest in ourselves and, Um, I think you're really going to see a really awesome result uh, because of that investment in us.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the end of this season with you guys raising the Isabel Cup and, you know, beating out everyone else. Because I want to see that. Josh is shaking his head, thinks (laughs) it's going to be the sixth. Listen, for me, it comes down to two teams and two teams only. And that is the Boston Pride and the Buffalo Buttes. Uh, obviously the Buttes because Carly's there. She's from Nova Scotia. Let's rock and roll. And then Tori, just because Tori is absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. She uh, you know speaks with my daughters. says a whole different nine things for everything, for every walk of life. Uh, put your sixth jersey down. So it's the Buttes <sighs> of pride or nothing. So those are who I'm rocking with. But Carly, you're always so gracious with your time. You always help out offside, whether it's the Team Canada Junior video from last year where we we're going up against the, uh, the American podcast there. You're always <laughs> willing to help out. So I appreciate it. Best of luck for the rest of the season, and congratulations on the huge news. I'm so happy for each and every one of you. It's going to be great for years to come. Thank you, Carly. You
2: were awesome.
3: Yeah, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the support, and uh, just keep rocking it. You guys are the best.
0: Appreciate it. Well, this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.